podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode of the Misery Hunters podcast is brought to you by Teardrop Gin. Teardrop Gin is a local Saint supporting family business based here in Paisley. The latest batch is available to order now at teardropgin.co.uk and during lockdown they are offering free local delivery throughout Remshire and Barhead. Order by midnight and it will be delivered the next day. UK-wide shipping is also available. Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday and Teardrop Gin will be delivering every day up to and including Mother's Day as well. That is the perfect gift. Handwritten gift messages are available on request to add that personal touch. Head to teardropgin.co.uk. That is teardropgin.co.uk. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jordan. Alright. And Craig Devine. Good evening. Just the three of us the day but fuck the other two. Um, <laughs> may as well go straight into uh, the last match that we did watch which was Rangers 3 St Mirren 0 and uh, obviously basically handed Rangers the title. We'll try not and talk about that too much but there are some bright sparks that we can talk about that match the introduction of uh, 16 year old Dylan Reid being the youngest player to have played for St Mourne and I think in the SPFL as well by the looks of things um, pretty impressive but we'll, we'll go to we'll go to Mark for the recap of the match <laughs> just before I get started I just want to extend my best wishes to, to Sam and Ross and good luck with their court case um, <laughs> after getting lifted in George Square for stamping on all those benches the other day you know, fingers crossed, boys. See a bit of sense, and you're all right. Absolutely. Uh, we've, uh, we've started a crowdfunder, so <laughs> pass, it, pass the link out after this. Well, you know, um, <laughs> oh, someone were a bit of a bit of a sideshow on uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday, and I think with the best will in the world, it was probably always going to be that way with the stage in the season it was for for Rangers. I, I think I think you can be both critical of how how we played and how easy some of the goals were but also recognise, as much as it pains me to say it, that Rangers are, are an excellent, excellent outfit when they want to be. And we caught them we caught them on a bad night, I think, and played particularly well in the Cup and got our just rewards for it. But I think on, on Saturday, with the best well in the world, I, I think it would have been very hard to to keep them out. The um, the first goal, I mean, I, I don't know what more you can, you can do than keep Ryan Kent 20 odd yards from... Mm-hmm from goal and, and force him to shape one in off the post like I think you know Doyle Hayes gets, gets left a little bit for, for dead for it but I mean it's, it's Ryan Kent he's you know potentially one of the most talented and, and explosive players in the in the league on his day and it's it is what it is the same with with, um, with Morelos' goal you could probably be a bit sharper on it you could you could probably be a bit quicker to things but at the end of the day this is a guy who's whose movement and finishing ability has got him 20 odd goals and, and a fair bit of attention and if, if everything's clicking then he's going to get that space and he's going to find find the corner um, could maybe maybe have a word with Jack Anik on that one but again it would be spectacularly cool to pick him up on on something like that given everything else that he does and, and the third goal is just the, the same again isn't it we're, we're so stretched I think credit to to Goodwin and, and to the to the players that they're, they're pressing as much as they are and, and, and pushing themselves right up but if if you're playing against someone who's capable of, of of getting straight past that and opening you up like they did, then very quickly you've got guys like like Kent and Aribo 
and had you in acres of space mm-hmm. at at pace that you're trying to catch up with and and it's only ever going to end end one way. So disappointing game, not one that I particularly enjoyed watching um at all. I'm I'm not and I'm not sitting cursing out the manager's name or any particular player's name after it, but at the same time we're we're going to play Rangers again after the split, hopefully. Um you don't want to just be writing off mm-hmm. writing off four games a year. Like we we should probably aspire to be a bit a bit better than that. But I'm um, I'm, I'm not crushed by any mm-hmm. any means. It is a bit like bit disappointing the way we, we we took to the match but when you like lay the facts out straight that Rangers have not lost in the league this season we are the only team to have beat them um like in the world if you include like Europe and stuff like that this year and um like when they've only conceded nine goals so it's, it's a tough task as well especially when quite a lot of your attacking options are are, are not 100% fit you know like Jamie McGrath like yeah he's back but you know, it was still a pretty bad injury he got, and he's came back from it quite quickly. Um, so it's a difficult one to judge. We maybe it was just a bit flat, but with like the scenes outside, like you can't really blame Rangers for playing the way they were they played, and like it might have been a bit daunting, like for this. Basically, if we're led to believe like the teams are all in a bubble, and for them just to kind of get a bus through thousands and thousands of Rangers fans out in the streets will be a bit daunting um, and a bit probably unexpected something that they've not had to face this season like I said it's, it's disappointing but like we move on like the, I understand that yeah we'd, we'd obviously love to beat the old firm in that but these games and I know it's a bit of a cliche now and you probably roll your eyes when you hear it they don't define your season um, it's still in our hands to finish top six. I still am confident that we will finish top six, and we'll get another crack at them. And we'll probably still get the, the Rangers will probably be still drunk when we face them again, and, and we'll probably beat them. I think I, I generally think in the league they're going to go on a losing run because like Aye. those players, like those some of the scenes from those players, like um, Roof and McGregor. They're not going to be fit enough to play another match for a good five games or so. Ruth, Ruth is going to be on a fucking major come down for the next two weeks anyway. So. Um, no, I was, I was kind of hoping to come in here with an opposite viewpoint and disagree, but you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It was a, a bit of a nothing game after the first five, ten minutes. You saw the way it was going to go, and we've just been undone by a good goal for, uh, was it Kent that scored the first one? Mm hmm. When he could have, to be honest, he kind of sold Doyle Hayes a wee bit. He just went flying in one direction. He's just turned him really well and just had a great strike. And then that's nearly an impossible mountain to climb. And then the second ones went in and it game over pretty much. Um, I don't know about anyone else. I had to kind of give up after, no long after the third goal. Um, my stream was terrible, but I don't think it's any secret that I've had the worst luck for streams last season. It must be the, the Alwa internet that I'm on. Um, I used to make the joke every time that my stream buffered. I knew a, a goal was going to go in, and <laughs> right enough, it buffered right before Rangers scored goal. So, aye, uh, it's, it's, it's disappointing, but um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a minute. It really doesn't matter hmm. when you think about what's going to be coming up in you know two less than two weeks' time. It, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're going to be annoyed about a, a performance or try and pick pick a problem, it, it won't be. It won't be three 0 against the best team in the country on title day that that's done it. It's it's maybe some of the draws that could have been wins or mm-hmm. or some of the 
the losses that could have been draws or, or whatever else earlier in the season. But I think um, I think this is what Goodwin said. To be honest, we're going into the last game before the split against a team that we should we know we're capable of beating, mm-hmm. and it's entirely in our hands. So. If you'd if you'd been offered that at the start of the season, I know that's a, a massive cliche to keep the the, ro- the run going. But if if you were offered that, um, you would always take it. Um, and I think um, it's it's sore to watch it unfold at the weekend, but it's not it's not the be all and mm. and end all. There's there's other things I think that could probably be pulled apart long before long before that. But uh, just to, to go back to what I said before, and, and it's fighting against all my happy clapping instincts which I know I know I'm guilty of if if we do genuinely see ourselves as a, a top six, not just a top six, you know, kind of competition winner and getting in there, you know, one season, luckily, if we see our our team and the current setup challenging for that and getting in this year and, and hopefully building on that, then these are the teams that you now need to be looking to picking up stuff again. It's it's not, you know, bottom six just to be a bit of a you know, a bit of a free a free run almost because you're looking at five games which compared to you know uh, the, the rest of the season are, are eminently winnable whereas mm-hmm. we're in the top six it's tempting to look at it and think you know you know we probably won't get another point but you know we made it and that's what counts whereas actually we should be we should be stepping up and taking on these teams and we beat Celtic this year we beat Rangers this year we're for my money the way Livingston are beginning to mm-hmm. to regress I, I think we're, we're easily um, on par with with them, we've, we've done the same with Aberdeen this year, and and I'm, as much as they're sitting safely and and third, I'm, I'm not that convinced by the consistency of of Jack Rossi subs. So I think we we probably do need to have a bit more. I don't know, a bit more, a bit more confidence ourselves, yeah. or hold ourselves to a slightly higher standard that this is the table that we want to to be at. And Saturday was part of that. I would say. Totally. I reckon if if to be honest, I don't know if this is maybe harsh to say, but if we can't. You know, beat Hamilton in a must-win game. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve to be in the top six anyway, do we? I, I reckon there's enough incentive for us to finish top six, and I th- I reckon we, I'm confident enough that we'll go and beat Hamilton. Same. And well, um, do we not? Do we not just have to match St Johnson's result? We don't even. Yeah. I hate saying this. Yeah. We should be going out looking to win and go for the jugular, but we don't even have to. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, but I think we'll, I think we'll go out, and I think I even think we might score a couple of goals. Um, I hope that's not us jinxing it. Um, but, um, I think the opposite. I think it's going to be a horrible, horrible, nervy game. I don't think. So. I don't think so. I don't think Goodwin will. Well, I don't know. But the <laughs> thing is, even if we do finish top six, every fan out there will be happy if we lose every other match. Like after that, and we've got our top six spot. But I, th- I don't think Goodwin would allow that to happen. There is still but, enough incentive where. Like once you've hit top six, right, you've got a decent amount of prize money coming in for us to build for the following season. But is it something not like an extra hundred odd thousand pounds if we finish up another place above? So like that that and with Livingston sitting in that position, they're they're catchable. We can easily yeah. and like we could easily match the run or better it within the last um six five matches of the season, and that's enough incentive for us to build on our squad even more if we get that extra spot. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can build on the squad. That's uh, sorry, Mark. Um, I mean, you can build the squad. That's two good players are one very, very good player. If, even if you want to kind of drill it down a wee bit further, all these extra places that we can finish higher, it completely negates a season where we've not been able to get any fans in the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much? How much is that worth? Is it? How much is just even finishing seventh worth compared yeah. to 
I think it's well known that I don't know, maybe it's changed recently, but it was well known that the club always budgeted for finishing eleventh. So mm-hmm. every position is, you know, vital for us. Every position higher that we can finish. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking back at the Rangers match, there are a couple of players that we can pinpoint and start talking a wee bit about. And I think the first is that we've kind of seen the first start of Colin Quainer. Um He, it's a really hard match to judge him on. He was very isolated at times, but he looked okay with the ball at his feet. Um, the like I was saying before uh, we started recording that I'm a, he looks a lot more confident with the ball in his feet than Abika does with the ball at his feet. Um, it's just unfortunate that the players that look like they would work really well off of him are all injured. Um, like your Christian Dennis and your Raymond Brophy, I, I generally think they might work well together, but we're not going to see that this, this season. So we're going to have to work out how we can play them and him and Obika together, or Erwin. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, but then we did see Obika come on and create like we have one of the best chances we had all match when he so- forced a, a really good save out of Alan McGregor, and you kind of forget that like Rangers defense is really good this season, and you kind of forget that he is the top quality keeper that he actually is, despite being. All the names that you can call him. Oh, debatable character. In the <laughs> Someone that quite doesn't know his meanings of. Uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fill in the blanks. You're not sure where the boundary set. <laughs> Knows his lawyer well. <laughs> Yeah, the legal terms that's written down. You know, he knows how to. He knows a loophole or two. Um, <laughs> less of that. Um, I like how I'm telling myself off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then you you obviously have sixteen year old Dylan Reed coming on, who does look like a, a really good asset. Um, the fact that we've, as soon as he's eligible for a match, we've put him in to play. He's a big fucking lad for only being sixteen, which is good. Um, However, why is it only midfielders we can produce? Yeah. When was the last time we produced a forward player for the academy? Thomas Riley, who's oh. now more of a midfielder <laughs> anyway now. Who ended up playing centre-mid for Kelty Hearts? <laughs> <laughs> only thing I remember him ever doing for us was hitting the bar against, was it Celtic one time? For about 40 yards out. He scored against Motherwell, I remember that. I remember that because I was going to put him on next goal scorer and I didn't <laughs> score, so I hated him from that point on. <laughs> he did have, like, no offence to anyone who listens to the podcast that might be related to Thomas Riley or like him, he did have a face that you, you really, it was very easy to dislike. <laughs> oh. And I think it, the, the best point of this is that when, when we won the cup and we were in Paddy Malarkey's and we had our pal Waldo there who doesn't know anything about football, he just went, who's that? And I said, and he went, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that face that he had on no no offence to him and I'm sure he's a lovely I think I think he still looks the same I think he's, he must be what, 24, 25 now at least and he still looks about 13 <laughs> but um, yeah let's based look. on social media I think he's probably listening to Heart and Hand instead of Misery Hunter so yeah. I think we're I think we're free. he's probably had a, bit, a big weekend I would say <laughs> another one on a come down the thing is, we, we need to kind of look about with uh, Dylan Reed is he, what has Jameson got to do to get, is Jameson good enough? Because we've had injuries in our, like, in our attack where you'd you think that Jameson is probably more a player to a mould of Eamon Brophy or Christian Dennis where you could play him off Obika, but 
the fact that we've that Dylan Reed's strolled in and at 16, the first game that he's eligible for, he's got a shot off the bench and he'll probably play a few more, I reckon we'll see him a few more times before the end of the season. What's Jameson got to do to get on? I mean, is he not good enough for them? I think it's just so hard to to judge. Um, and and I, 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 that doesn't just apply to us. I think it's probably incredibly hard for, for Goodwin and the coaching staff to judge just now if, if um if he's capable of, of taking that step up because there's such a limited opportunity to watch any of these guys playing playing football this year. I, I dare say if, if there hadn't been such a big break for um for the lower leagues then then boys like that would probably be out at Annan and Elgin and Albion Rovers or whatever else and, and you'd be getting minutes and you'd be seeing how they do mixing with mixing with, you know, kind of older, bigger, more solid, more cynical footballers and you maybe just don't have that same opportunity. I, I think um I think it's surprising when we've had such a thin squad that, that someone like that hasn't, not that they've not got their chance to play like a half football or anything like that, but hasn't come on for five minutes in a game that's already done just to to give someone a bit of respite and, and to kind of see it that way. But Especially when you look at when you look to the sidelines and you see Lee Irwin getting stripped on to come on for the last five minutes yeah. of a match or something. Ah, you, mu- you must think I'm in the wrong profession if I can't get ahead of Lee Irwin. I mean, if I get drafted into sitting on the bench and Lee Irwin gets started ahead of me, I'd be a wee bit worried about my future mm-hmm. um, I don't know maybe that, to me it feels like maybe Dylan Reed is one of these exceptions that he has just a genuine talent I mean you, you know there, you know there's going to be something special about him when he's had like trials at Bayern Munich and like Benfica and teams have been scouting yeah. him as well it, I don't think this is a player we're going to keep a hold of for a long time so no. maybe we're just going to get the best of him as we can for the rest of the season mm. or even possibly have him in the shot window for the rest of the season where people kind of go well I, I think that's at the, the heart of it. I think there's there's no harm in sticking someone on for the final five minutes at Ibrooks when you're three 0 down and you're not you're not giving anything away at that point. But the mm-hmm. positives of that of a, a the PR for the club, like mm-hmm. we all love seeing someone come through our own youth system and get promoted up and, and everything else. It, it gives you a bit of a buzz. There was genuinely a bit of a buzz on social media after the game on Saturday, having just seen someone like sleepwalk to three 0 defeat so it's I'm not cynical but it makes sense but I think also with what you've said there just purely from a commercial point of view if you've got a talent like that that's attracting the attention that he is if I'm assuming you know he's tied down to you know to to a contract and everything else then it's only going to help your case a that this 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 asset's worth something in the future but also if you're a young player and you're wanting to come here then you'll get that shot window Mm -hmm. so I think there was probably decisions beyond the tactical for getting them in but but also I, I don't think Goodwin's in the, the kind of business of doing stuff just to keep the the club accountants happy either I, I, he's from the fan Q&A's from mm-hmm. interviews he's done he's never been anything other than, than properly passionately like effusive about how how much potential Reid has and how keen he is to get him training him in the first team and then straight in if he can so mm-hmm. I, I, he's there on merit 100% and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we can see out of him for yeah for the rest of the season, but I think that the difference between him and maybe some of your other guys that have been knocking on the door or have been getting time on the bench is that he's someone that's probably been identified by others as well as ourselves as mm-hmm. there's a you know there's a wider case for getting him minutes and getting him out on display, yeah. um, uh, which is maybe at the root of the root of that one. Maybe one of these ones is just a wee bit a cut above, but I wonder if. We're going to be having a different conversation in five or six weeks' time when we're hopefully a couple of games into the you know the top six split and 
I'll quite happy to lose every game after this. But if we finish top six, we might start seeing the likes of Jameson come into the squad mm-hmm. because Here say, there's nothing so, to so, lose so, at that so, point. As soon as we make top six, all we need to worry about is the Scottish Cup because we'll win that. Easy. <laughs> is that still actually going ahead this season? If it, if it does go ahead, yeah, why not? Because Hamilton will be focused on staying in the league again. Rangers will still be drunk. Celtic are pish. Jack Ross is shite. Like he, he, that, the only time he's going to win that that uh, Scottish Cup is if it's a Hibs at one final. That that. <laughs> Aberdeen are about to hire Ted Lasso. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, Mark made a good point earlier on. Though it's probably one of the, the most difficult seasons to kind of blood youngsters in because they, they can't get out and get any game time in the lower leagues, which you would normally see happening around about kind of December January time when they're clearly not part of the, the squad for the. Mm-hmm. the rest of the season but maybe you know a Jameson or somebody's one of the ones that probably got on loan over the summer when things look a wee bit more normal and other world leagues have restarted mm-hmm. and then having just a, a quick look to the next match obviously against Hamilton and how big that is actually for us like I, I, I'm quite confident I have 100% trust that Goodwin has hammered it into this the, mm-hmm. like this team and he's got that extra bit of breathing space where we've not got a game this weekend to hammer mm-hmm. it into the team the importance of what this this means. Like um he's been about the club for long enough, he knows like us finishing top six, how big a deal that would be. And um I don't think for one minute he's I know it's always these matches where we must win and they expect like we're always expected to do something. That's when we we kinda trip up. But I still I still think that he's gonna he'll have his pretty solid against that. I'd imagine we'd start Obika over Quainar because like Obika knows him as well and uh, Obika's probably your best player to get anything against Hamilton the way they set up as well and you know he, he's good at winning the free kicks just outside the box and that's I think like last time we, we scored against Hamilton was from a free kick was it not? Or was that last season? That was last season. Because <laughs> that was that. I, I, tend to, I tend to kind of wipe the Hamilton games out of my head as soon as I've been playing then, to be perfectly honest. Like I, I understand, we we tend to kind of draw with them a lot, but mm-hmm. at Hamilton, am I right in saying that the, the last couple of times we've beat Hamilton's been at their stadium? Yeah, I beat McPherson goal last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, one now. I can't even remember what the in the start the, of this season did we beat them. I, I can't even know. remember. This has been a long season. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm fully confident that we can go out there and do it. I think we know what what we need to do. Like exactly what you were saying, and and also I, I think. It sounds wrong that I'm the one saying this, given I'm usually the one that's <laughs> the soft touch. But there's no excuses at this point, mm-hmm. and I, I think at any point where we've had to come up and, and do something, you know, with the exception of maybe the the semi final this year, then Goodwin generally tends to to stand up to that and, and to weather it. So mm-hmm. two weeks of a, a break or whatever it is is close to a fit squad as we're going to have at this stage of the the season. Proper time on the t- training ground to. You know, you're not just getting a recovery day and then try to rush a rush a session through and then whatever before you're playing again three days later, then you've got the, the chance to actually sit down and spend time and analyse. If if the players aren't motivated for it, then <laughs> then then when would you ever be mm-hmm. motivated for it? So with all of those things in place, I, I'm, I'm the same as yourselves. I've got every confidence in us going out and doing it. And and if they don't, then that's the point where there's maybe a there's maybe a question to be mm-hmm. to be asked there because I, I I don't see what the excuse could be for it not to not to go your way. So we'll just need to 
just need to wait and see. It, it's crazy that we're now waiting time between games and everything after the, the rush that's been. It, it feels like it's been a bit relentless and don't quite know what to do with myself now that there's a, a bit of a gap, but trying not to, to build it up too much. Just, I think, everyone involved and earned our trust at this point. Mm. You just kind of need to let them go away and do what they, they need to do and, and and trust that it comes off for us. How how good is it? But I've said this before, but we're sitting, you know, we'll be disappointed if we don't win next weekend to finish in the top six. We'll be seventh. How, how good is that? I know. It's what a position to be in, but... I think... I think- See, because of the position we're in, that it's ours to lose. That if we did lose it, so many people are going to be gutted, and it'll be. Um, but then, when you look at it, when you when you get to the end of the season, you have to kind of review the season we've had. You, you've got to be like, right, that's obviously a major improvement of where we've been the past few seasons, and let's build on that kind of thing. So it, it's a tough one, I think. No matter what happens, we've got to remember we've had an absolutely fantastic season this season. Look at the teams below us, like yeah, yeah. Motherwell, who were. You know the the kind of hipsters' choice last year, mm-hmm. with how they with how they played. Kilmarnock, you know, not a small squad by by any stretch, and who've done really good things the last few seasons. St Johnston, who would appear now to be the kind of form mm-hmm. form team, National Cup winners. You know, it's Hamilton and County aside. It's it's not the teams that are sitting yeah sitting below us, and and we are sixth currently by default. It's it's not that at all. There's a there's so much cause for for happiness and, and celebration of, of how it's gone so far but I think that also breeds a bit of expectation yeah. and you know victims of your own success and all that but having done all that to let it come down to a one-off against Hamilton and <laughs> for it not to, to happen would be would be disappointing but we, we, we tend to show up for these things yeah just just remember this is Simon we could finish top six or we could just as easily lose our next six games in a row and slide down to 10th and it'd be just the end of the season ever nah we'll, 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 it's not going to happen oh. of course it's not I'm optimistic but it is someone. I just can't wait to finish top six lose all our matches and then people start calling for Goodwin's head for losing the last five matches <laughs> of the season <laughs> but yeah uh, but anyway I'll hand over to Mark who is our now our, our game show host we need to get you some games master I think was the agreed term then I reviewed that you said you weren't you you shouldn't be titled that and I think I agree yeah uh, (laughs) previous form and the fact I couldn't remember who'd won last week probably (laughs) probably means I don't deserve that title to be fair Um, as I'm finding out on this side of the the table I'm not that great either uh, the the pressure's something isn't it did you enjoy that you just had there Craig I've just seen Craig finish these glass of teardrop gin while float eat the fruit that was all floating in it it took a wee bit of an effort to get it out didn't it I'm glad, I'm glad this isn't a, a the, video the, stream the, the fruit not the teardrop gin that went down smoothly I don't want to put oh, words in your mouth Craig but your facial expressions seem to be saying that that's the tastiest and smoothest gin in the Renfrewshire area it absolutely is it was just the strawberry I nearly choked on after that wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll plough ahead with the uh, with the, the as yet untitled game um, of working our way through Do, famous lineups and some other the last one called? So the last one was Who the Fuck Are You? But this is about, is this, this the squad's this is, one again? I believe, hold on, yeah. excuse me. Now it's time to do some lines with Mark. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I say that often enough in my, my social life that <laughs> transition to saying that on a podcast, it's just brilliant. You know me. I, I was going to suggest when the fuck was that? 
who the fuck was playing? Uh. <laughs> One of them. Um, okay, so to keep it to keep it from from dragging, we'll do a we'll do a best of three, and there's a I've, I've got a backup just in case. But um, this time, having done Dundee United so far, having done first games of the season so far, we now come to the the most unpredictable of uh, of options. It's final games of the season. So I've got 2014, right. 2018, 2009, and 2006. I'll, um, I'm looking at your facial expressions to see which one you would most likely to take out of that list. I'll, um, I'll keep it as a surprise. <laughs> so first leg, 10th of May, 2014. St Mirren won, Hearts won. And uh, we'll let Jamie go first. Oh, fuck's sake. 2014. Yep. Right. Oh, this is, right, okay. Normally you've got Sam of the Goalkeepers Union here who insists on goalies first. Yeah. But <laughs> don't need to do that. I've got my By years. By all means, if you think you know it, but there are safer bets. I'm getting my years mixed up, but I'm trying to think. 2014, end of the season. This was the year we went down, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gary Teal's last game. Was it? Oh yeah, I think the cup was the 2013. I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. So I'm going with uh, Dio. Correct. Oh. Sean Kelly. Correct. Oh. Oh. Oh fuck! Was he fat? Uh, I'm going with Stephen Thompson. No. Oh, fuck's sake. I think was he injured at that point? Because he was out. He was I injured know. for a lot at the start of the next season. And then I couldn't. Even I, think rem- he... I couldn't even remember if Jason Naismith was injured for that long as well. Then he played. Oh, I think fuck. he. I think he did his. Did he not do his knee at the, right at the start of the following season? Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one so, now, Craig. Yeah. There isn't a there isn't a lot of crossover here, so I'm happy to give you the full yeah, give us the full, full lineup. lineup. You can see what you missed. So, Dilo Ingles, Naismith, Kelly, Goodwin, McGregor, McCausland, Teal, Newton, Josh McGuinness, Kenny McLean, and Greg Wild. Teal started with uh, Thomas Riley on the bench. <laughs> do you, do you, that was my biggest gripe about Gary Teal being manager that he stopped playing himself. And then they did play himself at the end in of the, the season. last season. So I, I wouldn't even have said that. But I one 0 Craig. This is, see, I, I see what you mean. This is not about how good the other players are. No offense, Craig. It's more about you, uh, like losing the ma- the game yourself. Yeah, it's about finding your safest bet. Mm-hmm. I think. Which is why I'd let, always... If you'd let me go first, I would have probably lost because I would have said Kellum. <laughs> he was nestled safely on the bench there. So. Craig taking a 1-0 lead and gets to go first this time, so... Hey. Full of confidence. Um, 23rd of May, 2009. St. Mern 0, Hamilton 1. What year was that again, sorry? 2009. 2009? Yeah. Oh, thank God Craig's gone first, because I can't even remember what team that would be. <laughs> Should I start with goalkeepers again, then? Uh... <laughs> I mean, you can, but... <laughs> Mark Howard. Correct. Oh. Pulled that one out. So 2009. 
2000. Did Chris Smith not come back that season or the season before and never played? Or Paul Mathers was the sub keeper. Paul Mathers, fucking yeah, he was he was coach at that point, I think so. That was that thing where Paul Mallows was like 46, but in football manager still had him down as one of our backup keeper. <laughs> um, fucking hell, 2009 then. So he was in goals. Let's just go with oh no. David Van Zanten. No. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I think that must have been in the period when he'd left. Yeah. You should have been able to get her right back for that game. David Barron. No, he played left back. Jesus. Was that question? Did the fuck play right back then? A boa constrictor, an anaconda. Mo Kamara? A snake. Oh right. Jack Ross. There we go. Oh gee. Yeah. <laughs> Who was in centre defence? Was that the Oh Hayden? Uh, so the full lineup was Mark Howard, Scott Cuthbert, Will Haining, David Barron, Jack Ross, Hugh Murray, Gary Mason, Gary Brady. Taking a break from Forte Day to star on our midfield. <laughs> Stephen Thompson without the P, Andy Dorman and Billy Mehmet. Do you know the annoying thing was I had Andy Dorman, I had Andy Dorman and Gary Mason kind of in the back to go like that's who I'll go with, and I was like I don't know why I, I decided to go with Van Zanten. That was too much a risk. Uh, and that's the, the thing is it's two 0 Craig, which means he's one if it's best out of three. Yep. There was a. Yeah, go for the last one anyway. Really entertaining. You can do, it, can do it for Aye, fun. Why not? Let's see. This is what the easiest to know whenever because I've had to guess one player. <laughs> what a shocking indictment it is on the career of Mo Kamara that he was kept out of that team by right footed right back David Byrne. Um, who was actually pretty solid that season. Um, from what I remember, I think Black and White Army might have given him player of the year the year he played it. He did Um Okay. For the final one then, seeing as it's just for fun, we'll go for 28th April 2018. Mm-hmm. The end of the... That, would that be the promotion season? Mm-hmm. Must have been, yeah. Um, Falkirk won, St Mun 0. I was there. It was a sunny, sunny day and the football was shit. Was that the last game of the start season? To finish. Yep. yep. Jesus. The Morton game was the week before. And we'd wrapped it up in mm-hmm. time against Levy, I think. Mm. God, so I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going to go with my first. Oh fuck! I missed it. I was abroad. See, I was thinking, and I'm going to. I can remember the Falkirk game. I'm not saying this is my answer yet. I can remember the Falkirk game where Rory Loy scored, and that that's what's in my head because I remember him running and celebrating, and um, they all all the Falkirk fans get very angry at him for celebrating so much. But I'm not going to go with Rory Loy. Uh, Let's go with Lewis Morgan. Correct. Mm-hmm. Gary McKenzie. No. Oh. Yes! Next <laughs> quick one. <laughs> I deliberately put this one in because there was a definite, like, players are still hungover oh, here right. to this one. Because at it, centre half, we played Mark Hill, who's on loan from Celtic. I think oh, it was his I only start. Uh, yeah. He's full loan spell. Do you, know, do, do you know what the annoying thing is about that? Mark Hill was part of the agreement with Celtic playing their friendlies at our stadium where they ended up putting the, the Celtic stuff over the, the shop. That was, so it was all his fault. If, if we want, need to blame anyone, let's blame Mark Hill. A sad indictment of the club at that time. I'm up for that. The lineup that day <laughs> Sammy Ingalls, Liam Smith, Mark Hill at centre half, 
Jack Baird, Stelios, Ian McShane, Erehon, I think, made his debut that day, or his, his first start. Um, Ryan Flynn, Miles Hippolyte, <laughs> Lewis Morgan and Gavin Riley. With Donati coming, I think, coming off the bench. Yeah, I remember he played one match and it was... Oh. Was that the week before? Not a shocking lineup. Yep. Remember Miles Hippolyte? Yeah. Guilty of as many dives against us as maybe any other player in history. From memory, I, I always remember being pretty, pretty glad when we signed him, purely so that he couldn't dive against us. Do you know what's really embarrassing that, that we like with with this game is like we host this at Morn Podcast and we struggle to name more than one player. <laughs> I could not be happier to be the one reading out the questions now after my showing for the last however <laughs> many months. Yeah. Hmm. We're always open oh, yeah. to other games. Yeah. If anyone has any other game ideas, please send them in. I mean, they're all ripped. Yeah, by off. all means, they're all ripped up off of other podcasts anyway. So, well, mine are even that. Even the down lines with Mark is uh, a game off of um, um, Doug Loves Movies, where a Mark Wahlberg impersonator comes on and starts saying movie lines in a Mark Wahlberg accent, and you've got to guess what movie it's from. <laughs> Still, but anyway. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Teardrop Gin for sponsoring again. Remember, get your orders in for Mother's Day. Of course, you love your mum. Get her the best gin about. Um, this is also a shameless self-plug on myself. You may have noticed from social media, Paisley Craft Beer Co. That, of course, is to do with me. So if you've already put money in the crowdfunder and now you're found out it's me and you, there's no refunds, okay? <laughs> but if you wish to... Um, there's a crowdfunder available. You can find it on Twitter and I'd be really appreciative if you put some money towards it that would be you're getting something in return I'm not just asking for money you can get beer vouchers and all that kind of stuff so have a look some great rewards there uh, but as always fuck Alex Ray fuck Paisley Craft Beer Company fuck you Jimmy Bell <laughs> I agree with Jimmy Bell but fuck you Craig uh, my, my real one was fuck uh, Tom Commentator and fuck the royal family <laughs> fuck Prince Andrew Sports Social Podcast Network.